So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. I am Matt, and joining me again tonight, as always, are my co-host Karen. Yo, yo. And Quint. Hello. Are we really going to let her go with the yo-yo on that before I go any further? (laughs) I just realized what she Uh, said. I I am going to just tease her like crazy about being as drunk as she is, so yes. (laughs) Oh, anyway, the subject tonight, we are picking up with our year-to-year coverage Picking up where we left off with 2002 and Halloween Horror Nights Islands of Fear. No official number, although it is the 12th Halloween Horror Nights. And if you want to get real technical, they're the 11th with Fright Nights in the beginning. I haven't been able to make that joke all season. I had to get it out of my system, but no promises. I'm not going to say it again. It's just so weird to be doing this format again because it's been so long. I know. We were... were, we said it before. I'll just reiterate it for anyone that's just just joining the series. We we really plan to only do the yearly coverage, but we ended up just diving headfirst into so many things that we didn't know about and we wanted to learn. And part of that learning process was doing shows. And then, and we're talking like individual subjects, like Jack the Clown is one I can think of off the top of my head. And then 25 came along and I mean, we were talking about it. It seemed like every day. And that just took over the rest of the year. So it is a little strange. It is a little strange. This is how the show started, and we're back to it. And people are – this is what led people to listening to the show in the first place. I mean, it's it's something – it was what we wanted to do, and that hasn't changed. I still want to do it. Oh yeah. I'm just saying it's it's grown past that, which I'm happy about as well. But uh, yeah, we're 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 back to (laughs) where we started for a little while here. I mean, we really originally envisioned this show being like maybe one or maybe a full year of us just talking about each each year, and then we'd be done, and you know maybe we'd do an update every year as a special thing on Neozes. But it really grew into a lot more. It did, yeah. That is exactly what we were going to do. That was that was a discussion we had when we started this series. So. And then, of course, we've we've added another uh, cast member to our ensemble. Yep. Uh, and it's yeah, it's just been it's been a lot of fun. Yes. So we are moving into uh, 2002. Uh, this is a this is a huge year, I think. Um, we're it's Islands of Fear. Yes. The catchphrase is "Your time has come." We have an icon, and the icon is the caretaker. Yes. Uh, we rolled through. Let's see, October. It, it's still only in October, and a little bit in November. So we, we're still only in the the one month long sort of. Uh, phase here but fourth fifth tenth eleventh twelfth thirteenth sixteenth seventeenth eighteenth nineteenth twentieth twenty third twenty fourth twenty fifth twenty sixth twenty seventh twenty ninth thirtieth thirty first and then November first and second so they ran uh almost f- half weeks 
or almost a full week for for the last three weeks and then the weekends leading up to that yeah i gotta imagine i don't have a calendar in front of me but i gotta imagine the first and second were saturday and sunday that's uh, what i'm assuming yeah, it's gotta be yep. yeah um the hours pretty standard uh sunday through thursday was 7 to 12 friday and saturday was 7 to uh, 7 to 2 a.m um tickets <laughs> uh, this is always one of my favorite parts of the show yeah <laughs> Forty nine ninety five. Now this is a jump, I believe. I can go back to the two thousand one and just to m- notes, just to make sure that I'm right that it is a jump. Uh, I I don't have it recorded anyway. It's a jump, but it's still it's fifty bucks, I man. Know. Uh, it's I don't even want to look at the credit card receipts from this year. <laughs> I know, right? You know. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, well worth the bang for your buck. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. We've got a whole bunch of mazes. We've got, you know, we've got this, the, the standard fare, mazes, scare zones, all that good stuff. So this is a um, weird year in the sense of numbers. And it has a lot to do with the layout because you've got long passages between the quote unquote islands. There are more scare zones than there are mazes. Now, the argument can yeah. be made one of them is not really a scare zone, but as far as uh, pitching the, the, the marketing of the event, I should say, and as far as the map goes, there's one more scare zone than mazes. It looks like a fun year. It was. It really looks it, like a fun year. Uh, again, we'll, we'll get into all of the details here. Actually, you know what? Before let's get, I have quite a bit leading up to the year before we get into those details. Okay. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Let's okay. do it. No, no. So, um, no. Basically, what we're looking at in terms of. We got we got a couple of different things going on here. We have there was a massive retooling of two thousand one. We of course know why. Um, all the events that happened just before Halloween Horror Night started just threw that uh, saying a wrench in the works. It was a terrible thing. I don't want to say it was an inconvenience. It just it turned the, the thing upside down. So first year back after the tragedy of nine eleven, time to pick back up where they left off before all that and take it up another notch now. Very first thing I think they do here, and obviously that's it's actually I say they think it's 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 obvious. They switch parks. They take it to their new park. First year that they do this in Islands of Adventure. Right. The next step is they create another evil incarnate icon. Now Jack's I don't want to say retired, but Jack's been done, so they look to something else. Now this is something we kinda got into in our icons episode, but the story really gets fleshed out here. This is where the character Cindy was born. Right. One of Karen's favorites. I was going to mention that, but I figured I'd I'd let you pull that in when you talked about it. Okay. So Cindy, anyone that doesn't know who she is, you you probably know by now. If you don't, she was a little girl. She was like a very Wednesday Adams looking character, though without the humor side to her. She's pretty much all evil. Looks like she stepped right out of an episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And everything that was the original idea, as far as things are recorded all these years later, is that everything that was happening in Islands of, Islands of Fear was part of Cindy's disturbed and twisted imagination being brought to life, all the way down to characters kind of being some of her imaginary playmates. Mm. Now, unfortunately, almost as if Halloween Horror Nights is glutton for bad luck and just having a, just a string of unfortunate coincidences, um, the child uh, icon was... Uh, shelved because there was a unusually high number of child abductions 
at the time they were creating this, it pretty much has this character hammered out. She was already on marketing items. And as soon as that started, there was like this ridiculous, unfortunate, terrible rash of child ad, uh, abductions. Oh, God. Yes. So they had to shelve her. And that's where the caretaker was born. So they pretty much took out the entire supernatural elements of her imagination and built the caretaker into or built the caretaker around just another evil incarnate uh, character. Now he's got a really good backstory. In fact, I'm going to say right now that what I'm about to tell you is like a super cliff note version of it. We we are going to do a caretaker episode. So I'm just going to give you the real basics here, just to give you an idea of what this character is like and why we're going to be talking about him in his own episode. So he was once a well-respected and talented surgeon and he was obsessed with the workings of the human body and didn't like when he couldn't figure out or understand why things would happen, especially why they would die. So he became unusually obsessed of figuring out what is that missing element that, that kind of switches off when someone dies. So he starts digging up, he kind of retires as a, well, he does retire as a surgeon, becomes a caretaker, which gives him the opportunity to start digging up deceased bodies so he can kind of figure out what's going on. Almost a Dr. Frankenstein type of deal. But he never figured it out. So he turned from, he figured he's not going to find the answer in a dead body, so he kind of switched to living victims. So he started getting... That's, that's logical, right? Yeah, why not? So, yeah, so he went to these incredible, brutal experimentations on like homeless guys, bums, whatever you want to call them. We're talking like seriously coarse amputations, chemical injections, dissections, like waking dissections, organ removal, none, nothing with anesthetic to see if he could find something that was there and then not there when the victim would die. Never did. You did. Just, did you just describe Karen's dating life? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are not going to have a funnier moment on this season. (laughs) We set the bar really high in our second episode, and it's all downhill from here. (laughs) The funny part is, she's not denying it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd I'd say I'm sorry, but I'm not. (laughs) You're not. You're totally not. It's like, I'm sorry, but not. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, anyway. Wow. Okay, back to, I don't, I really kind of want to talk more about that, not this, but I probably, <laughs> we probably shouldn't. No. Okay, so <laughs> now there's, there's a big part of the story I'm not telling that I'm going to tell in the caretaker uh, episode, but he used to have parties with like-minded individuals and things got, sometimes got a little out of hand and a couple of college students saw one of these parties and saw something specific happening in one of these parties. You can kind of use your imagination and then we'll flesh it out later. Flesh mm, <laughs> accident, yeah. accident flesh there. Yeah, exactly. We'll uh, <laughs> flesh it out later in, in his episode. But uh, he, these kids called the cops, the cops came in, arrested him, saw what was going on, arrested him. The wheels of justice turned super, super slowly. Once the, News got a hold of the story. They ran with it, including finding names of the victims. These family members of the victims got wind of it. And just with with the cops taking way too much time to do this, they took matters in their own hands and built down the house that he lived in. 
So it once worked. once they dug up the ashes, expecting to find his body, no sign of him or his daughter Cindy. So for all we know, as far as the story goes, he's still alive today. Now, why he's at Halloween Horror Nights? There's not much of a connection between the two. Jack had a great story while he was there because they bought his uh, the Jack in the Box prop that his body was stored in. Caretakers just kind of at Halloween Horror Nights. I wish. That story was better, but unfortunately, I could not find a tie into it. So, there you have it. Still a creepy dude. Oh no, that's yeah. I don't, I'm not taking any way anything away from him. I just I really like when, once you read a story like Jack's that you know why he's at Halloween Horror Nights. You're kind of expecting that for the next character, and we didn't get it. So I'm like, ah, dang it. But his his story, there's a lot more to the caretaker, and we'll get to it. He is well deserving of his own uh episode and that's why he's going to be getting it and he might be uh, i think he is my favorite favorite icon believe it or not nice um a lot of it has to do with that the the commercial where i first saw him i may have seen him on a billboard but the commercial i first saw him actually kind of scared me as weird as that sounds a 30 second spot for halloween horror nights for something i know very well when the commercial was done i was like it's like that's that's kind of rough i don't know if you saw the commercial i'm talking about or not i haven't i'll post it on facebook and twitter but it's uh it's black and white it's a guy i believe he's if he's i want to say he's in a bathtub he's not that might be the director but he's either on a bathtub or an operating table and there is a table full of just uh, just looking at these I want to say surgical tools, but they're they're way more dangerous than that. Just looking at them hurts. And he's going in his almost soft, creepy voice, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. And he actually has a whole poem about the victim. And at the end, he has the last eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and he gets to eeny, meeny, miny. And then his finger hovers over. You saw these this year in 25 or last year, the big rounded scissors that look like they could lop your head off with a, just one quick clip <laughs> he picks that up holds it all you see is his mouth and his eyes lit up and he goes mo and when he did that like i actually got shivers the first time i saw it nice yeah it is a great commercial it might be one of their best oh. ads i think and he's got a good look too yes. i mean yep. you know you, you've got the um uh we we, we talk about the covers of the guides and uh, his, yeah, he's got the scar on the cheek and the bruising, and you know it almost looks like his lips have been sewed shut. You yeah, know what I right. mean, like, like yeah. that sort of thing. And then those deep set eyes with the black, like black bags under them, and it's he's the creepiest Undertaker you've ever seen. <laughs> he sort is, of thing. yeah, he's a creepy ass Undertaker. Yeah. That's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. and then just putting call, calling it calling him the caretaker just evokes that sense of the character as well yeah uh, the only thing to me that's missing is like the hat he does have the hat oh he does yeah like oh, a, the big top not, hat yeah, yeah. No, no he absolutely has it yes not yeah. on the marketing materials though uh he does not on the one you're looking at uh okay. i will find you the other ones i will find you uh oh, i see it, I see it. See it? Uh, okay yep yeah see like, he had it See, in the I, scare zone. Yeah, he had it in his, his yeah. yeah his mini show yeah. last year. Like, yeah. He did have it in the mini show. Yeah. The the, pro, the thing that I'm talking about is is um is I didn't like the top hat. I what I meant by the hat was the hat from the WWF Undertaker. 
Oh, like the oh. I don't want to say Western hat, but it's more Western. Almost. Yeah. Like I know what you're talking between about. Between a Western hat and a fedora. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep. That I, you're right. His oh yeah, it is it's much lower. It's it still has the top hat elements, but it's not as high. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, actually, yeah. that would be that I guess was, this this yeah. probably fit more. It was all this takes place in kind of the Victorian age or just slightly post Victorian, so I could see why they went for that look. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. And and of course you don't want to rip off anybody's that's ID. True. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's a good point too. Yeah. But um now, here's but something yeah. speaking but, of Undertaker, complete side note just to get Karen to freak out there was once a undertaker wwe undertaker maze at halloween, oh, Hermes, really? halloween. yep oh <laughs> i knew she really yes there was awesome. yep. i'm not kidding oh, wow that is cool yep. yeah oh sorry i missed that yeah i don't think that'll happen again but yeah uh, <laughs> uh there was one more thing related to the caretaker that i did want to tell one more story before we get into the details of the event and that was the opening ceremony because this was one of the better opening ceremonies for me. It's one of the first ones I saw. I don't think it was the, the first one, but it was the first one I remember being like a kind of its own story. It's like it was the opening ceremony did kind of tell a story that launched the event, even though the caretaker kind of moved from the scare, uh, the opening ceremony directly to his house. We didn't see much more of him on the event, but it was honest. It, it's very, uh, it's very formulaic of the early, um, opening ceremonies, but just enough of a twist to it and a uniqueness to the character that worked for me. Even though you can, when I'm telling you this, it's going to sound very familiar. It still works for me, and it's one of those ones where he's on stage. He's got a like the wood, the whole Victorian built um, table. There's a, a pine coffin that's not rectangle. It's that almost diamond esque shape. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know what that shape mm-hmm. is exactly called. Barrels, sacks of flour, I'd imagine are probably there too. And and they, they do the whole speech of Halloween and evil and yada yada yada. And the caretaker senses oh wait, I'm sorry. And he's surrounded by this characters, which is interesting because they are all over the place this year. They're not Victorian at all. <laughs> they're, they're, so that that kind of adds a real interesting visual element to it. But there are a group of henchmen that are all in victorian garb so he's doing his spiel he senses a non-believer and points him out in the crowd of course it's a plant like in all the other years of course the henchmen go and get him they pull him in he very happily gets inside the casket because he thinks it's a you know a show this is when the caretaker pulls out those big i don't know what they're called those shears shears Mm -hmm. must must be the what they're called shears plunges them into his chest pulls out his heart which is still beating in his hand. He declares that the heart of Halloween is in our grasp, prepare to enter. He throws it over the facade that's on his stage and behind the actual gate, the walls of Islands of Adventure is a pretty fair, decent sized orange explosion for being that close to that many people (laughs) and the gates open and just as an added touch the henchmen are dragging off his girlfriend in with the crowd screaming at the stage it's just a nice little touch so again formulate a lot of things we've seen but with the shears and the heart and the kind of the explosion opening up the thing like the heart being the thing that actually sets halloween hard nights in motion that night to me always worked i like that that sounds pretty cool um I think it's it was also probably really needed to to 
you know, break from the year before and say, yeah, we're back, bitches. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You know what I mean? We're back with the blood. We're back with the guts. You're going to be scared this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, when I opened the show, it was was a um, getting getting back to where they left off they they did the they did a great job with adjusting trying to be sensitive to 2001 but now it's like time has passed it's it's time for to do what we do like the rest of the country is doing and get back to it and this you're you're exactly right that was a that was a great way to to uh do that yep all right, so we've gone through a bunch of stuff. Are we ready to dive into Maze? Yes, I think so, yes. All right. Again, we'll start with the Scream House, uh, Soundstage 20, and uh, see, uh, something disturbing about this small town mortuary. Oh, okay, so it's the mortuary, <laughs> so y- you just take it from there. Okay, this oh. is... <laughs> see, I thought when it said Scream House, I assumed the movie Scream. Mm. Gotcha. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Um, this one I didn't see. And for anyone that's just joining us this season, um, this I have not. We're not at the point yet. We're, com- we're coming very close. We're not at the point yet where I've gone multiple nights. I go one night and that's it. I don't know any better. I'm still ignorant at this point, apparently, or just make bad decisions. Stupid. Yes, or stupid. <laughs> and usually it's an empl- employee preview night. Um, so, okay, but I did, I do know about, I do have some information on the Scream House. So this was the house that was, you just said, it was the story of the caretaker. And this was the house that the story was built around. So it was kind of explaining the bizarre things that went on. The exp- the human experimentation was the theme of this house. So every that's why I left it in this part and didn't save everything for the caretaker episode because it builds into this house. Those things I told you about the brutal amputations, the chemical injections, the the, the live surgeries um, mm. that th- were in this house. And we've seen what they do with just the spinal rip. Imagine someone on their front with their head sticking out, the things you could do with an open chest. So probably some really okay. cool stuff that I unfortunately did yeah. not get to see. And really sorry I got to see it because now being the fan I've become over the years, the at the time I, w- I wanted to go see the adapted IPs, but now I've made a huge paradigm shift since then and made that years ago is that I want to see the Halloween Horror Nights IPs and I'm really really sorry I missed this house you know that that's something that's interesting too because when the first time I went I was the same thing I was like oh well you know this original stuff uh, whatever and by the end of that first night I was like no the original stuff is fantastic yes. it's really really good <laughs> yeah. I, you know the uh, they do great with the adapted IPs that it's not what I'm trying to say but when they just have like carte blanche to do whatever the fuck they want, they do good. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yep. Um, as far as uh, this was being the icon house from all reports, this was them saying we are back from 2001 and this house is going to prove that because the two words I see in almost every review is gross and or gory. So this nice. is the gore, the gore house yeah, of that year. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, Karen, that's one of the other we talked about in the last episode we talked about with the hot house was we also talk about um, something they try to do every year, which is a gore house, which is like, you know, just the over the top gore, blood, guts, all that kind of stuff. Okay. And up until 25, where I mean, 25, just kind of like they went off the hook (laughs) up until 25, you'd have a hot house, you'd have a gore house. and And then you'd have, you know, some that were in between and some that were psychological houses. But there was always like one gore house and one hot house. And we'd okay. 
during the show, we've tried to identify which they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year, obviously, Walking Dead, they tried to do Gorehouse. Um, what was the other one they tried last year? Uh, I'd say the closest to a Gorehouse was probably Body Collectors, but it was so gorgeous, yeah. it's hard to say that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, they, they broke, they broke a lot of rules last year and man, it was, it was fine. Like I didn't, I didn't even realize that I was missing something or, or that I was not missing something, but I didn't realize they hadn't checked my boxes until after. And I was like, I'm okay with that. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I do. I do. Yep. All right. So moving on, we have a, a maze called Evolution. Project and, Evolution. Oh, sorry. Pro- Project Evolution. Yes. yes. This I did see. Um, and this was in the Triceratops Discovery Trail, yeah, which the, I'm assuming is like right around the, uh, um, what you might call it, the, the, the Jurassic Park ride. It is where the raptor encounter is now. That's, oh, okay. that's where it was. All right, and the blurb we've got is deep within the jungle, top secret genetic experiments have gone terribly wrong, creating hideous mutants, half human, half dinosaur, and all evil. This, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that is the only word I can give it. Now, I think this suffered from, we know how houses or mazes, we know how mazes change throughout the entire event. I went and played preview night, and I think this was one, I think this may have been the last one I went to. I went to three, three of the mazes. This may have been the last one. I think uh, they had some costuming issues because I didn't see near the amount of things that I've then read about since then. Mm. And it was what you, what it describes. It's half dinosaur, half human, but it wasn't very heavy. What I saw was not very heavy makeup related. It was more costume related. So a lot of the times I'm looking at going, ah, okay. <laughs> Mm. I see what that is. It's a dude with a velociraptor head. I don't remember much about the theme other than it being inside that queue, which is all very fern heavy and very tree heavy. And they might not have done anything with it other than leave it the way it is. I, I just honestly don't remember. I do remember though, the spitting hybrid, like the the spitting one with the flailing things on its side that, yeah. that, net, that got Nedry at the end. I do remember that being there and I remember it spitting water at me so that oh, was kind of cool and that, that sounds cool yeah but that's the only memorable thing i can i can th- this is very difficult to describe because i can picture the character the characters in my head but i can't describe them because they're it's going to sound too goofy so I'll, i mean it really was and maybe it is maybe it is goofy maybe i'm being too apologetic like i usually am it was like like uh, a guy with uh dinosaur arms and a uh, a big stuffed dinosaur head on one and then the, the next guy had like maybe a, a, a face mask that was like kind of like a look like a gator like a gator mouth that you could almost see the tie around the back of his neck it was i mean it was and i and, and there were so few and far between i think they had a lot I, I, again a theory i don't know i think they had a lot of costuming problems that that opening night that they learned a lot from and probably made it better but unfortunately i didn't see it again mm. I, it sounds like yeah, it sounds like they had a good idea, and it just uh, it was poor execution. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those ambition things that just I think. Well, did, I mean, you pan you out. Got, you got to do them right. You I, do. I, you. They're absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Learning, yep. You know, they're learning uh, experiences, and they're they're it's it's part of the learning process. And I'm sure even even last year's Walking Dead, I'm sure they learned a whole bunch of stuff from it, and you know they're going to use it to make those types of experiences better. And so they do that all the time. And yeah, you, you got to make bets, right? Yes, you do. Yep. 
Yep. I don't, I don't, I'd never say there's a bad house because they're, they're doing things I would never be able to do and wouldn't think of. So it's not bad. It's just, I mean, my not description is, what, yeah, exactly. Not yep. your taste. Yeah, I wouldn't even say it's not my taste. It just was not my, the thing I walked away with remembering best. Yeah. Yeah. So that rolls us into something that scares me a little because I saw some of the shows that were named the same thing, which is Fear Factor. There's an interesting... Not that scary. <laughs> yeah. What, the show? Oh, Karen's yeah. done the show. Did you know that, Quinn? I did. Uh, oh, really? I participated and the guy I was dating participated. That's true, yes. He made it to the finals. He did. You didn't. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I could make it now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's still running. Oh, come on down. You have to come before Halloween because it's going to be Bill and Ted. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. So, so was this just like the regular Fear Factor show? No, this oh. is this is years before the Fear Factor show came in. Fear Factor didn't open until 2005. Oh, okay. So we, then we were I, we were headed to this. Here's the story. We were headed to this this maze because we knew what fear factor was and it was an adapted IP. So I was all for it. We were headed there, ran into Chris. We can't go 10 feet in a theme park without my wife being stopped. As you know, <laughs> yeah. you both know. So we were stopped yes. at one point. We, someone that was working really heavily in, in Halloween horror nights, which of course were there for employee preview asked where we're headed. We're, we're headed to fear factor. And she's like, don't, Ooh. don't, you're going to be waiting a long time and you're not going to want to go. Or you're, you're going to be very, I'm sorry. You're going to be waiting a long time and you're going to be, pissed that you did so we didn't and i'm glad we didn't because i found out later what it was it was basically in quint this is kind of funny if you go back to our very first discussion our very first episode and you said your experience with halloween heart or halloween or haunted houses is like put your hands in a bottle of a, a bowl of grapes here's some slimy spaghetti or whatnot it was basically a high a big budget version of that it was oh. dark and all sensory, uh, oh. uh, sensory stimuli, and it was not much more than what you would get at your neighbor's basement. It sounded terrible. How did you know my neighbor was <laughs> luring kids into his basement with treats and then never mind? Because I know you, and I know you would survive that, so I can assert, assume what you're, <laughs> I, I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, yeah. All right. Next. Uh, so okay. So that's um that's pretty much what I expected about yeah. Fear Factor, uh, and and it falls into the same area as the um, evolution was, which was in the in the uh, Jurassic Park area. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move into Scary Tales two. Now, Scary Tales is something that I. I think it's such a fantastic idea, and I know that you were looking forward to seeing it. And so, is this? Did you go to this one? Yeah, because Scary Tales, I got to the year before. Scary Tales was a uh, a retooling of uh, what was the original name? I want to say, oh, I can't remember. It was a re- it was it was going to be a very gory fairy tale house. Oh, I can't. Fairy Tales of Fear. That doesn't sound right. Fairy. Fury Tales, that's certainly not right. I forget the name. I have to go back and listen to our own episode. But it was a retooling. So I wanted to see that. I, I really wanted to see the things that got changed for 2001 just to support the changes. And right. Scary Tales was ended up being my favorite thing. So I wanted to see the sequel. Now that we're in another, a year has passed and we're going to go back to our roots, this is what it would have been. 
and I that uh, that was the first thing we saw. It was number one on my list, and it blew uh, most of the original very uh, scary tales away because they were able to do the things that they took out the year before. Got it. Uh, the three little pigs stood out as like kind of the featured uh, thing in, in uh, the featured fairy tale, I guess you could say. Uh-huh. Um, so that was kind of a, if I remember right, a running theme, like you'd kind of come back to them just being, well, the opposite of what the, the not the victim of the right. wolf. And in fact, kind of going off the rails after losing their minds, dealing with the wolf. Huge. I remember this because uh, Christy was completely freaked out. A huge spider themed room for oh. little miss muffet oh yeah yep uh, i remember it being being a little disappointed it was short and they kind of didn't repeat any fairy tales so they threw in some things that i didn't recognize either mm. there were such so, so obscure fairy tales that i didn't know them or they were some kind of maybe original theme to it i wouldn't say i was disappointed i remember it being shorter than i would have liked and i remember not being able to recognize as many fairy tales but the ones i did were freaking cool Nice. Yep. Um, yeah. It's it, it. And so, just uh, detail on that. It was in the Popeye queue. Yes. Which yes. Uh, is the is Popeye still there? Oh yeah. Yep. All right. That's a water ride. We tend not to go to water rides because oh, in the yeah. humidity, we never dry off. Yeah. Exactly. Well, then I'm a little old for water <laughs> rides. Thank you. <laughs> um. All right. So we're gonna move over to uh, well. Location, Carnage Warehouse. Yep. <laughs> um, we talked about this a little bit in our previous episode. This is this is a warehouse that was built specifically for Halloween Horror Nights, correct? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and of course, the first first uh, maze that they're going to put in it is called Maximum Carnage. Yep. And this was my other one I had to see. I mean, I I, I wasn't really a big comic book reader at the time, but I certainly knew who Carnage was. And I wanted to see how they were going to pull this off. Now, the weird thing about it is that Carnage is not actually in this maze. And we'll get more to that when we get to the scare zone. So I was like, what the hell in the end? But it made more sense when I found him. What do you mean Carnage? Oh, Carnage is a character. Yeah. Carnage is the son of Venom. If I'm, I might be wrong. Any comic book geeks that are listening, I'm sorry. But he's somehow related oh. to Venom. He's like the red Venom. Have you ever seen that character? Oh, 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 oh. Did not pick up on that. Yep. Sorry. So. It was basically his. I, I guess I don't. I can't tell you what the story was supposed to relay, other than uh, it was. It had to be his henchman because if it was called Maximum Carnage, it had to be something had to relate to him somehow, even though he wasn't in it. So it was like his henchman chasing you, and you went through all the tropes of a comic book story. There was there was actually things labeled gamma radiation in a very green lit room. There's of course toxic waste. There was mm-hmm. laser sights from you know the gun that were pointed at your head as you went through a dark room. Yep. Uh, it was, uh, it was either before you went in or when you came out, you were going through a chain link may, well, not a maze because there was a path and there was chainsaw drill team members there. We've seen that in other houses too. This is the one that had that. It had a ton of the, the stuff in face hanging strobe light rooms. Just, it was a, it was a, a good mix uh, and it was good because uh, I'm sure a lot of people were going to this house first because of the the Marvel tie-in. So it was, a, it was mm-hmm. a good mixture of all the things they do really well in a house. Cool. Yeah, noises, sounds, uh, pneumatic guns. Oh, this one had the tunnel. This had the pinhole right. light tunnel, the pin light tunnel. So it was it was just it was like the good showcase house of what they do. The story was just 
I couldn't really tell you what the story was other than you were walking through a bad guy's lair and walking through every trope from a comic book that they could fit in this house. That's it sounds fun. It was. Yeah. I'm yeah, not saying sounds, anything sounds bad like about really, it. Yep. No, it sounds like a really good time. Yeah. So, um, let's go back to what we were talking about. Um, which of these was the gore house? Uh, scream house. Yeah. That's what I figured. And was there a hot house? Um, probably scary tales. You would call that because of course you had little miss Muffet in uh, a, you know, the, the same kind of outfit you can buy now at party city. And mm-hmm. you probably had some of the characters that I didn't rec- I can't tell you who they were. Like they they weren't Snow White and they weren't um Sleeping Beauty by but they were still women and you know, even though their faces were bloody, they're still wearing as little as legally possible. Right. But no problems with that. And in fact I think <laughs> I think the laws Was are there too at restrictive. Least men wearing little as Oh, there's oh, there uh, there was, yeah. Okay. I, I think they were actually if I if memory serves me, I think they were more in um carnage because i'm picturing guys with uh bullet bandoliers over their bare chest and that seems to be to fit more in the carnage it may have been in scary tales in some really weird twisted fashion but i kind of think that fits uh maximum carnage better as long as it's equal oh yeah it's always been equal i've never i've never not admitted that i just can't tell you the details of the men that i can the women that i'll admit (laughs) That's why I'm here. That's right. We need to balance it out. <laughs> uh, all right. So anything else that you want to tell us about the, the mazes? Um, no, not really. Uh, it was, it's a really, the one thing I didn't, I, I, I've never liked about Islands of Adventure. You don't have the, as order, I wouldn't say orderly. When you get in a line at Universal Studios, you see what's in front of you. Islands of Adventure doesn't accommodate it that well. So you, oh, even though you saw like the the sign says like ninety minutes, you can't really see who is all in front of you because of the way they have to twist and turn and wind things around, and that's kind of frustrating. Even though you know you're going to be waiting 90, 90 minutes, it's still nice to be able to watch it tick down in front of you. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying yep. there. I think we're going to switch over now to scare zones. Okay. And did you catch all the scare zones? This oh, yeah. Week? Yeah, that's one that's we always go through. All right. So let's start with this one, Booville. Yeah, that's really nothing. I mean, it literally is nothing. It's it's the uh, since um, Dr. Seuss's wife would have no part of Halloween Horror Nights, they just darken the area. Oh, okay. I've that's- heard rumors that there was like light proje- or shadow projections of who's. From Whoville, no. jumping from window to window. I never saw it. I don't know how true that is, but it's just like, yeah, that's it was kinda, just darkened. That's kind of what I thought it yeah. is. And and like you mentioned, they they call it Seuss Landing as the location, yep. so it was in the Dr. Seuss area. All right, so skip the, skipping over that quick. Um, Island of Evil Souls. Okay, that was over in Lost Continent, which was yeah. uh, between that and Jurassic Park before Wizarding World of Harry Potter came in. That was the makeup zone, if if I were to name it. That was a lot of heavy makeup, some horns, some facial things, a lot of body painting, still walkers. That was there was it was just kind of it was the it, evil souls, so it was very open to interpretation. It was kind of where they let the artist go. Okay, what you didn't get to do, go ahead and do here. Very cool yeah. if you like the makeup, which I do. 
So Island of Evil Souls, is that, that that kind of almost like um Egyptian area by where Poseidon was? That's part of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, got it, got it. Okay. That makes sense then. Back into Jurassic Park for <laughs> the last time. I think it's a uh, uh, Jurassic Park Extinction or JP Extinction. Yeah. This was um for what we saw, and again, this may be another costuming thing. We didn't see many I don't think we saw any characters that you could identify like uh, no real characters this is what i remember lots of audibles in the park we had that that it's a, well you know the area full of vegetation mm-hmm. so there's, they have yeah. speakers and everywhere lots of noise or sudden noise i should say not constant noises the only characters i remember if you want to calm characters are the ones in the field brush camo suits that would jump out with you at the can shakers huh. they had a lot of those because that blended in very well in the scenic sure, i don't remember yeah. seeing anything else other than that there may have been later, but I don't remember. I, I didn't yeah, see it because I didn't go. It says something about packs of car- carnivorous dinosaurs are loose. Um, but I, I, again, that sounds like what you're talking about is like it's the audible stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. Not the Velociraptor bark, but the kind of the screech they have. That I remember hearing that a lot. Like you're just walking and all of a sudden you hear that. I can't make yeah. the noise, but you know the screech I'm talking about, like oh, yeah. just out of the speaker and kind of like, whoa, what the, oh, okay, yeah, it's speaker, I get it. So that, I remember hearing that a lot in that one. Interesting. All right. Um, Treaks and Foons. Uh, this is in the Toon Lagoon. What the hell? Okay. I am going to defend this one because a lot of people don't like it. I think this one was freaking awesome. Um, there was these, I'll give you the characters. In fact, I thought on our first pass through that Tweedle, was it Tweedle Twerk and Tweedle, uh, the, the two Tweedledum characters okay. in uh, Asylum in Wonderland. I thought they were the same costume, but they weren't. But they looked a lot like that. The bulbous body and the deformed kind of mm-hmm. caricature faces. That there was Those were the, the characters. The unique thing about this, which I have never had seen it again that I can remember, and I know you two have never seen it, is that there was foam, and I mean foam everywhere, like foam, like <laughs> we had to wade through suds everywhere. It was like shoulder high in some places, and there really? were characters lurking in it. This was, I mean, people say it's silly. It's like you have foam. It's a fun house. It's like, Yes. I say everything you're arguing that's silly about it makes it work. It is so unique <laughs> and so fun. You sure you got scared, but you're laughing at yourself for getting scared over a guy covered in in soap suds. <laughs> it was awesome. I thought it was so cool. <laughs> I think that sounds fun. Yeah, I would have. I think I would have a good time doing it. Yeah, a, a lot of people don't like it. I will defend this one fully. I think this was a fun, unique scare zone that I've not seen duplicated to that extent i remember there being foam again later but i mean we you they and this also might have been a learning curve thing maybe they overdid it on a play preview but it's like it's like we're going through it it's like this is almost unsafe but yet so cool that it's like up in my face and i can't see over it i loved it i thought it was awesome it kind of sounds like the now playing devil's advocate i've already said i would have a good time in it but playing devil's advocate it kind of sounds like something that would take you out of the whole scary halloween thing though it probably would it yeah yeah i can't argue that 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 is probably true but and so i think i understand why people would have a little bit of a problem with it just because uh you're going there to be scared you, you 
this kind of levity will just take you out of it. But on the other hand, who, who can deny like a <laughs> fucking, you know, five foot wall of foam, like seriously. Right. And it was a, a, the other th- cool thing that I thought about way later. I didn't think about it as I was experiencing it, but it was like, it was because it was foam and people were walking through it and it was constantly being pumped out. It was like ever changing. It was a, it was a almost a living element to this environment. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was neat. I, 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 not everybody hates it, but a lot of people dislike it. I, I thought it was really cool. All right, let's move on to Island Under Siege. And this is like the Marvel superhero island area. Yep. This is like, it's just, you you know what Marvel Island superhero or superhero island looks like. Just think of it as if if the bad guys had took it over because that's what it is. It was dark. There was fire. There was overturned cars. There was just every element you'd expect if the bad guys took over superhero island. It was awesome. Being a comic book fan, knowing the park as well as i did at the time uh and then seeing it turned upside down almost like there's a hint of recognizability to it but it was so different that it's like you felt like you're in a different environment of a place you've been to a hundred times awesome it was awesome and the unfortunate part is we will never see that again for two reasons one after that year marvel had a shit fit as it was they hated what they did to it and they would never let them do it again on the other hand even taking that further now that Disney owns it, it's certainly not going to happen. Yeah. They may have been able to show Marvel when Marvel was its own company some numbers and convince them. Now it's never going to happen. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it looked like it was like, uh, it was all about carnage again. It was. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. I almost missed it. That was why you didn't see carnage in the in the maze because there was this huge, um, well, in my memory, it's probably... Uh, bigger than it actually was, but I remember this huge stand with spotlights on it. That that's where Carnage was. The the guy in the costume overlooking his his realm. Got it. And the other cool thing, um, now that I mentioned, I said that there was also guys on top of all the buildings, uh, like with I guess they were they had to have been flamethrowers because they were there there was launching flames down not down into the crowd. Obviously that's dangerous, but you know what I'm saying <laughs> across the across where you're walking. Yeah, you know, as far as that, whatever so the flamethrower was. Before you got there, they would do flames. Yes, yes. Okay. Yep, yep. No, actually, they would go over your head, too, because they were high enough oh. off the ground. Nice. Yep. Damn. Yep. That was a cool zone. That was a cool cool scare zone. No doubt. Sounds like it. And it's yeah. unfortunate that, yeah, now that, especially now that Marvel is so popular and everything, it'll <laughs> yeah. never happen again. Which leads us up to the last scare zone, Port of Evil. Which is actually, is, I mean, it's listed last, but it is is the first because it's a port of entry. It's that kind of corridor you go in before you take a left to Marvel Island or a right to Zeus Landing. So that that entry alone was a scare zone. So there was no avoiding. You don't walk into a safe zone like I wouldn't necessarily say you do that anymore. Ever really did do that, but they they carried that tradition over to Islands of Adventure. You walk through a scare zone coming in, and this was a another kind of. I don't want to say uh, my notes say catch all characters, but it's not. It's just, it's another one of those. They kept the theme of the area, the ancient uh, kind of uh, almost mystic area, and and kept the characters in that realm. But you couldn't say that they were one thing or the other. They just fit the the scene. They, they kept the color palette they kept the feel of the zone with those characters but i couldn't really tell you what they were supposed i couldn't tell you i couldn't point at one and say that's a minotaur or that's a you know right. a fair maiden they were 
they weren't that the script. They were just kind of fitting in with the the whole the port of entry theme, which is where the port of evil is built in the port of entry of Islands of Adventure. Yeah, and it looks like um, lots of mist. Oh yeah, yeah. You had to walk through. If I if I think this is right, there was lots of fog, and I think it had one of those like spiraling spotlights kind of mm. ahead of you but a little uh, off to the side because you couldn't have it right in the middle there and that was like really kind of cool and distracting to these characters that would come up to you with the the can shakers as well right all right so that wraps up scare zones i mean it sounds like uh, there was a lot of scare zones this year yeah well there, is. there was one more than than how's well again if you don't if you count booville uh, yeah i know right yeah <laughs> yeah but I mean, the rest of them seemed pretty good. Uh, I mean, JP and uh, JP Extinction seemed a little weak. Yeah, but other than that, they they seemed like fairly fairly fun scare zones. They were, yeah, yeah. And I don't think I saw JP Extinction to at its peak either. I think that was a probably not another one where it's like, okay, bring everything in before it's ruined for the rest of the the, the month. Right. So we've got <laughs> this is one of the things that's that's interesting about this. We've got quite a list of shows. Yes. Um, we've got four. Well, if you want to count studio 66, we've got four shows and that wasn't really a show as much as it was a DJ. It was a party zone where you could dance or whatnot. We saw it, we Uh, walked through, but I didn't, you know, okay. So that, that's what that was. Okay. So that's just, you know, hang out, drink some, do whatever. Okay. So let's start with, um, the town square of tortured souls. Cause This, this sounds fucking cool. This was cool. And I I tie it back to the opening ceremony, but I don't think that was its intention because I don't recall it being like Victorian era anything. But I like to I like to think it was. It was a it was almost like kind of you know I didn't really think of this when I wrote the notes because twenty five hadn't happened yet. It's kind of a precursor to the Icon Scare Zone at twenty five where he had many shows because they had many shows going on. All, but all the time they weren't scheduled and they weren't as long as the icon shows but you always had someone being tortured in one way or another you'd look one direction there was someone being dissected on a table you look at another direction there's someone being slid into the guillotine and they do the alice cooper trick you know you come through another time those two aren't really going on but there's an elect an iron maiden that someone's just got shut on them there was an electric chair there's old Smokey's appearance this year it was an electric chair they were kind of like sideshows but they were halloween horror night character slash almost a scare zone of itself uh sideshows it was really cool that sounds fun it was it was a lot of fun i actually enjoyed that more it was also in the port of entry uh i guess the port of evil scare zone area i actually consider that more of a scare zone but the thing was because there was a lot to look at the characters left you alone so i guess that's why it technically wasn't a scare zone and it was a show you got this you could stand there and watch everything and not be bothered so i guess that's where the difference lies all right that i i honestly that's probably you know in the wayback machine one of the ones on my short list that's where you if i had been going multiple nights that's where i would have gone and got a beer and just kind of hung out to make sure i saw everything because there was a lot going on i would have absolutely had done that had this taken place later in my going habits of halloween horror nights all right let's move on um in the lost continent they had fountain of evil yeah there's the enchanted fountain in that area and it's usually a kind of a comical show it's for uh, i don't know if it was designed for kids but it's evolved to be for kids there's like cameras all set up so you can see exactly what people are doing you can hear everything they say and you 
interact with it. There's an actor in a booth watching it, listening, and they interact with it. Well, they, uh, I was going to say they recast it. It may be the same cast, but you, <laughs> they reformatted it for the event. They also relit it. They made it darker, add a little red to it, and they would put curses on you and not be so nice and try to scare you. It was the same interactive fountain, but it wasn't near as kid-friendly and funny. Actually, there was some humor to it, but a lot darker (laughs) humor than there was during the day. (laughs) Right. All right. So before I'm going to change our format, because I've been thinking about our format since season one, I'm going to change our format just a little bit. I'm going to go through the last little details of, of everything. And then we're going to wrap up with the bill and Ted. Ah, Okay. Oh, so the rides and attractions uh, that were open, this is a long, long list. Um, Amazing adventures of Spider-Man. Great ride. Dr. Doom's fear fall. Incredible Hulk coaster. Fucking amazing (laughs) ride. Uh, Storm force acceleration. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, whatever. Caro Susel, whatever. Flying unicorn. Dueling dragons was open. Poseidon's fury was open. Jurassic park river adventure. Dudley do rights. Ripsaw falls. That is a lot of rides. That is a lot That's, of rides. Yeah. It looks like basically everything in Islands of Adventure. It's 11 More rides. More or less, yeah. Yeah. So that's something we don't normally see at Halloween Horror Nights is that many ride attractions open. Um, I I think it's cool, but I don't think it's necessary. I no, think there's, no. especially in the modern days now, there is enough to do at Halloween Horror Nights that trying to fit in rides is sometimes tight. Yeah, I don't think, apart from Gringotts, we didn't do any last year, did we? Uh, we did Transformers. Oh, was that during the day? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Huh. So, let's see. Was there anything else that I wanted to bring up? Uh, oh, um, just because we go through the, the guides a little bit and we, we okay. talk about the artwork. Um, the map, of course, is completely different this year. And uh, it's a little busy. I, I don't like the look of the map as much as I've liked it in the past years. Um, it's also a very yellow, sickly yellow color for most of it on the inside. I'm, so, And I'm trying to remember if that was the base color of the map, the daytime map too, and they just overdrew. I can't, I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, it no. is. It's a hard yellow. Yeah. Uh, not my favorite map. Um, it's also, again, cluttered with, you know, there's a lot of stuff here where it's it's like the regular stuff, the rides, that sort of stuff. Uh, most of the time, they do a better job of cordoning off or, or, or sectioning off the really interesting stuff for Halloween Horror Nights. That wasn't done as well this year, I don't think. Um, but again, it was a it was the first time they were doing it on Islands of Adventure, so again, probably a learning experience. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So other than that, unless anybody else has something to talk about, I think we should wrap up with Bill and Ted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine, I, most of my stuff is, is post event. So I will, I'll just save that. Yeah. I'll go right into Bill and Ted. So I've got, I got my Bill and Ted notes. So here we go. It's been a while, but here we go. <laughs> first, so I have a question. Okay. Is this, is this the first time they've used excellent Halloween adventure? No. Oh, okay. they, they use that almost from since the beginning, I think. Oh, okay. So it is in the the Toon Lagoon Amphitheater, which they don't use that much anymore, do they? No, it's uh, they 
use it for some eternal internal events. I think if you rent out the park, if you're a big company and rent the park after hours, that's where you kind of lot you get your little uh, rah rah speech. But apart uh. from that, it's not a, it's not a uh, venue of any kind for anything you'd see every day at the park. That's for sure. Okay, cool. I, I will say, I just as a complete side note, because her name constantly comes up, it is the first entertainment venue that my wife worked at back when it was a, an attraction. Nice. Yeah. Oh. And what was the attraction she was working it at? Was, it was called Toon Circus. It was the, you know, all the, yeah. the cartoon characters you see in the park, like Broomhilda and yeah. and uh, Snidely Whiplash, all those guys they did. And Popeye, they had a, uh, th- those characters had a circus show in there. And it was, it was cute. Yeah. It, the, the unfortunate part was no kid born within <laughs> 10 years of that park knew who the hell these characters were so it just that's why it fell flat the show was good but no one that's no bad parenting that, well i guess but it's well but even <laughs> if it, even if you, would you you know who popeye is would, would yes. you go to a park and say i have to see the popeye circus show no. yeah see no. that's what i'm saying yeah yeah that's that's unfortunate yeah. all right well all right we've covered the venue let's get back or let's get right into bill and ted because okay. This is one that you're going to be mad that you didn't see because of many of the references in here. And it's and it really starts out with the very first reference. The show starts on the monitor, which it always does. I mean, you have the I don't know if they, I don't think they had the fail army back then, but you had your funny clip videos. You had your music. When the actual show starts, it's a Star Wars scroll. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. It's about a diabolical alien threat that's looming. And there are a certain group of families with that are that uphold the American values that must be protected by uh, to save the earth. And Bill and Ted is our only hope. We'll get into that very shortly. Who they're talking about, and hopefully the reference isn't too old to not be funny. Lights go out. Then we have our opening performer impression, whatever we're going to call it, and it's Britney Spears because absolutely huge at the time. And it's not a joke, Britney Spears. It's someone doing a Britney Spears impression and the dance and the music and whatnot. When her song ends, a family appears that may or may not be the one we need to protect. It happens to be, but keep in mind that we were just told this, and the family is the Osbournes. <laughs> I got to I got to assume that this is back when the Osbournes Oh, absolutely. Yes. show was yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh god. So this the Osbournes appearance starts out with Kelly Osbourne trying to explain who Bill and Ted are to Ozzy and Ozzy gets frustrated. <laughs> And is completely confused and demands to see Bill and Ted. So as if on cue, in fact, on cue, someone does appear, but it's not Bill or Ted. It's Dr. Evil, a name we hear frequently this time in this time period for Bill and Ted. Always a good foil yes. for Bill and Ted. It's a good character. I yes. got to admit it. Maybe it's dated at this point, but at the time, it's like you, you Dr. Evil would crack anybody up. It still cracks. me. So up. he arrives and of Bill and Ted, and he stated that he's actually killed Bill and Ted. And his plan was to kidnap. And so he's so Dr. Evil has arrived with his evil plan. And his evil plan is to kidnap the first family of reality TV, who happened to be the Osbournes. And with them, take over television this time. This is starting to sound real familiar about him. Uh, about people say, stealing pop icon cultures and taking over media, I just realized. It's like, huh. It's almost like they have a formula. I know it's almost. It's been like eight or nine months since we've done this, and I realized, wait a minute, this is all starting to sound kind of not repetitious, <laughs> but it's like formulaic. You're right. Yep, yep. 
So uh, we get our, our first Groner joke, which I had to write down. He's been through a few other plans that failed, and now he's up to H. So his code name for this plan is Preparation H. Okay, I'm yeah, I'm bad. That was funny. <laughs> you laughed. I know. I was like, that wasn't even a fake laugh. <laughs> it wasn't. A, it's, it's just. It was good. <laughs> So now this I had to actually look up while you were laughing because I was like, who the hell is this? And I look at it again. And, oh, yeah, this is dated. This is super dated. He calls out his first evil cohort because we got to get a, a, you know, a group of bad guys. Uh, Serlina from Men in Black 2. I'm like, who? Oh, my God. It's really? uh, Laura Flynn Boyle's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had I couldn't remember. I had to look that up. So it's like that. That is a character we're never going to see again. That's the last time she was hot, too, right? <laughs> uh, so, but now we start getting our counterpoint good guys. And the first one to come out is Will Smith as Agent J to carry the men in black. What, what do you want to call it? The, the men in black reference is going. He's got his sights on Dr. Evil and Serlina, but a mini me jumps out from under the stage and manages to get between the two and hold Agent J at bay. Right. Yep. So in the midst of all this, though, Dr. Evil receives a transmission from the Supreme Being. So he brings it up on the big screen and it's Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Oh, you know, wow, that, oh, you do know that is a okay. really old. Man. Yeah. That's, well, it's old, but it's new again because he's back on on Conan finally after whatever copyright nonsense they went through with NBC. But yeah, that really? is, but it is an old reference to start with. It's kind of the start of their reference, which is I mean, we're talking. It's 14 years ago. So, yeah, yeah, of course it's old. The The fact that, uh, I mean, his best episode ever was still the Star Wars. The Star Wars, one. yeah. <laughs> and that was Attack of the Clones. So that was quite a few movies ago now. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's <laughs> old. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but anyway, Triumph is happy to see that the master plan of taking over TV is in process. So at this point, we get more characters arriving on stage, like we tend to do in a Bill and Ted show, and the Scooby-Doo gang's, gang arrives, sans Scooby. They're actually there looking for him. Well, they, they're pinned down as well. Dr. Evil, Serlina, Mini-Me, they have the upper hand. Dr. Evil's about to kill the entire gang, but just before he does, Bill and Ted lower in from above. And when they land on the ground and do their whole intro they demand to know where their phone booth is and dr evil states that he blew it up i don't have any notes on this and this is going to be interesting i'm not going to look ahead in my notes but i'm starting to think i don't know that i've seen i can't let's say this i can't remember seeing the phone booth on this stage and i'm wondering if this stage could not accommodate the disappearing phone booth the way the oh. old wild west slash fear factor stage can i can't yeah. imagine that they couldn't figure something out but maybe they couldn't figure it out this year that's why there's no phone booth Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, Velma updates Bill and Ted on what's been going on in the show and adding that uh, Serlina actually killed Carrot Top and David Arquette thinking they were Bill and Ted. Uh, Apparently, that's uh, wow. was, was okay. pretty uh, significant enough for me to note. I'm sitting here almost as stunned as you are to read that as you are to hear it. It's like, wait, what? Carrot Top and David Arquette. Yeah. Why can't art imitate life? <laughs> <laughs> At least half that. Carrot Top's actually not so bad. Oh come on, Carrot Top's Carrot Top's terrible. Uh, <laughs> in, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this, and this is a, a personal note. I did a 
um, website for a local painter here that does a lot of charity work, and Carrot Top does a lot of work for him to drive that charity charity dollars to him. So you know how I am with charity work. So that kind I am, of won me I'm, over. I'm not claiming that he's a terrible human being. Okay, right. I am cl- claiming that he is a no talent ass clown. Well, that's probably true. Well, clown. I'll give him the clown part. Ass clown. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he hasn't ever done it on the plastic surgery. Yeah, no talent, ass clown. Karen, where do you weigh on the the carrot top argument so we can move on? Ass clown. Okay. All right. I'll take out all my defense. She, she keeps agreeing with me. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's it's scary. Right? You're both drunk. <laughs> oh, that's it. Okay. But wait, no. If we were both drunk, shouldn't we be on the same wavelength? And therefore, she should still be disagreeing with me. <laughs> that's true. Good point. So one of you is <laughs> drunker than the other, apparently. That would be her. Yeah, it'd be me. So, uh, becoming increasingly frustrated, Dr. Evil orders Serlina to just kill everybody. But before she can, another character appearance, a good guy character, Gandalf from Lord of the Rings appears. And this is actually kind of funny. When he appears, he shouts Shazam. I I, I think that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. That might be too, too old of a reference for Karen to laugh at, but I thought that was funny. No, no, I get it. Oh, you do? Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, more good guys arrive, more backup for the good guys arrive, this time in the form of Austin Powers and Foxy Cleopatra as they oh. pull up in his Mini Cooper. So this must be the, that's the third one, right? When Foxy Cleopatra, so this is probably going to be the last Dr. Evil year, or well, I should say winding down the Dr. Evil years, yeah. I think. I hate you, Matt. Why? I, I remember why I hate fucking doing this show. Why? Because it makes me feel old every time we talk about <laughs> Bill and Ted. It That's makes true. Me feel really fucking old. Uh, so we definitely got to get to the twenties this year, so we can it only be a few years ago. Then exactly. Okay. okay. Right. Uh, let's see. In addition to uh, Austin and Foxy, Spider Man swings from off stage as well. So we've got a full complement of good guys. In fact, I think we're outnumbering the bad guys at this point. I didn't make a tally. I probably could have. That would have been interesting, but I didn't. So Dr. Evil sets off a series of explosions around the stage that distracts her heroes and him and Serlina escape. They're just completely gone off stage. So now we're left with the just the good guys and Velma from the Scooby-Doo gang tells everyone about a mysterious sign appearing uh, signaling this alien invasion that we kind of started the story with in that Star Wars crawl. And the, oh, wow, this wasn't as significant um, when I wrote the notes, but the crop circles are in the shape of Superman shield Prince's symbol. Oh, yeah. Wow. And Mickey mouse ears, which of course you always got to get yeah, something one, in there on Disney, which yeah, kind but, of, yeah, the joke falls flat with recent events, unfortunately, but that's didn't yep. know that when I wrote this a year ago, purple rain, bitch. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, uh now that we're kind of shifted gears into a, a Scooby-Doo focused character lead a bit here, the Scooby gang starts to investigate and Fred and Daphne go search for clues in an awful in an isolated office upstairs. Of course, that's joke has been made many times in many ways. And of course, probably got a good laugh from me. I'm sure uh, Bill and Ted propose to bring the bad guys back, but they can't because the booth is gone. Well, Gandalf, luckily, a magic user is there, suggests using his wizardry and conjures up a dove as an example, which Ozzy, this is awesome, Ozzy, gra- Ozzy grabs out of Gandalf's hand and bites the head off of. Oh my God, that's perfect. <laughs> that's awesome. That is fucking wicked. 
Yeah, so instead of the uh, typical phone booth MacGuffin, Velma comes up with an idea to use everyone's cell phones and use the combined frequencies with a cliched plot device, that's the actual word she used in her line, to bring back the bad guys. So Bill and Ted, as everyone in the audience, with their cell phone dial, guess what number? 69, That's dude. right. Dial 69 <laughs> at the same time. So they do, and the single is a bit too strong, and it, not only does it bring back Dr. Evil and Serlina, but also manages to retrieve a few other bad guys in the form of the Green Goblin, Darth Vader, and Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. That's just a weird, oh, that's yes, a bad trio. <laughs> So now, and then the, and then the, how is she bad? Oh, wow. I know, I'm right? She's on the bad side, actually. Because that, that, you think yeah. that's where Britney Spears would fit in, but I think that's a few years later when she goes nuts. Yeah. yeah. So the typical chase begins. Will Smith comes back as a different character, not as Agent J, but now Muhammad Ali. I didn't oh. realize Ali was that old of a movie. So he comes back and he knocks out Sarlena. Sarlena's down for the count. Oh, geez, I didn't write that. I just. The boxing metaphor right off the top of my head. Look at that. Nice. Scooby Doo appears finally. And a, when he does, we have the whole Scooby Doo esque chase where they are crossing stage in and outdoors and whatnot. So we get that for a few minutes. Then, for whatever reason, we get an extremely fat Elvis. I don't know. And Eminem in the Robin outfit from I don't know which video that is. And Eminem breaks in the song. Fat Elvis starts singing over him with Jailhouse Rock, and we get a... We don't have this every time, but we've had had this in Bill and Ted, where we have kind of a song battle, and it goes back and forth. And then, in the end, Eminem is victorious, but not from his singing ability, but because he hits, he gives a good knee to the groin of Fat Elvis. Last year's uh, back and forth was particularly attractive. Oh, the uh, Avengers, yeah. I mm. forgot about that one, yep. Yeah, yeah. That, that was this was Fat Elvis and Eminem in a Robin costume. Mm. Close. No. Not even. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna have to save that right there. Close. No. Nope. I'm sorry, I was distracted thinking about last year. <laughs> that was last episode, damn it. So now this is uh, this is funny. This is how much pop culture comes around again. Powerpuff girls arrive. Oh, wow. And they're back. So that's kind of funny. Powerpuff Girls arise. Velma pretends to lose her glasses, and as she's trying to pick them up, she kind of takes glances up each Powerpuff Girls skirt. That's she's looking for. Them. <laughs> so Doctor Evil sends Anna Nicole Smith after the Powerpuff Girls. The the Powerpuff Girls actually overtake Anna Nicole Smith and throw her at Eminem, taking out those two characters. Daphne and Spider Man defeat the Green Goblin. Daphne plants a kiss on Spider Man, which leads Fred to start whining. Okay, Fred. Who's Fred? Fred, the uh, ascot wearing character from Scooby Doo with the white shirt and uh, uh. Yeah. oh. Now this, I wish I had a better memory of it. This line is awesome. Just these these six words: Darth Vader and Gandalf fight. Oh, that's that's awesome, actually. <laughs> Gandalf is actually the winner in this particular altercation. This right, forces <laughs> this forces Darth Vader to remove his mask to reveal that it's actually Martha Stewart underneath. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. That's a great reaction. There's a lot of sacrilege going on there. She acts as actually the mastermind behind the alien invasion scare and proclaims, and I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for these dumbass kids and their stupid dog. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's ruining Darth Vader that way is just like it's un- almost unforgivable. Well, it ain't gonna be the last time. Hate to break it to you. Triumph, the insult comic dog, appears on the screen again, claiming he's going to poop on all of them as he's cursing and cussing, or I guess he's not really cursing, but as he's chastising the bad guys and the evil group, the camera slowly pulls back to find out that it's actually Sharon Osborne working the Triumph puppet. So she <laughs> oh, was oh. the one behind all this all the time, and she was the one that was using this family of the Osbournes to take over reality TV and rule the media, which is kind of a, it's more, it's actually kind of more of a statement on how the Osbournes were so popular than a Bill and Ted plot in the end. It's actually kind of a clever statement to make. Something they usually don't do. It was actually kind of a a, a statement. It kind of did it last year with the Kardashian. (laughs) Except she was good in the end. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. well, okay, so Sharon was bad in the end, whatever. But, but it was like, it, they kind of did the same thing where it's like, this is how popular the Kardashians really are last year. Okay, so I see what you're saying, yeah. There's, they've they've kind of reused this. There's a best meme going around today on Facebook. It, it probably is on Twitter, too. But I guess the uh, Kardashians are in Cuba, and they had a picture of, the, of Kim and, I guess, Chloe having Cuban cigars, and it said Kardashians, yet another hardship Cuba is facing. <laughs> did not see that, that but i would love to yeah you saw that karen you said i didn't see uh, that i said true that true that yeah yeah, yeah it's a hardship yep. oh, yeah. <laughs> so they can and, keep the Kardashians. Yeah, right? seriously absolutely yeah. so and of course well this goes without saying but i have to say it then the story of the show wraps up with their usual song and dance finale and <laughs> there we have bill and ted for 2002 islands of fear Nice. It sounds like it was a good show. It was pretty good. I mean, there wasn't anything. Uh, in fact, it's like, as I'm saying it, I'm having a tough time remembering it because it's so similar to the others, but it, it had its laughs. I don't remember. There's only one I remember walking out of going, I don't think I like that. This one was not that one. So it, it was certainly good. Not as memorable, memorable as the others, but still, still a good show. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine it was yeah can't imagine it was terrible i mean i'm sure that they've had a flub somewhere but yep. this one sounded like it hit all that the what we're coming to understand it or what we're coming to yes what we already understand <laughs> as it's hitting all of the pop culture memes that we expect them to hit and you know it sounds fun that is that's it for the year but there's some stuff i noted at the bottom here that didn't quite fit in what they're talking about like i said i went on employee preview night and it was packed it's always packed on employee preview night but with the narrow pathways of islands of adventure compared to universal studios it felt even worse yeah i remember being very hard to move around see and that's why that's another reason that you know, what we were talking about last episode, right. I, I, it'd be really, even if they opened it up to both parks, mm-hmm. I still think that having any mazes and stuff on that side would still clog up so fast, especially with the crowds as big as they are now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Even, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Like you said, even with having the split between the two parks, there's really no avoiding that congestion because the paths are so small. It's a very inter- odd design, but. It is not, not much to move, not much they can do about it now. Uh, other things about the event, I, I said earlier, only went once. Still can't understand how that would even be a thing back then, but there was a time where I only went once a year, and that's hard to imagine. 
No, not really. Yeah. You've, you've kind of been stupid for most of your life. So. <laughs> That's oh. nice. Yeah, like that time I said, you want to do a podcast with me, Quint? Right. <laughs> uh, first round of advertising did get released. I said this earlier. did get released with the Cindy character on it. And the marketing phrase was going to be, instead of your time has come, was going to be, won't you come out and play? Yeah. Which really hammers on the creepy kid thing. Oh, nice. <laughs> I knew Karen would like that. Your all, my all time favorite profile picture of you on Facebook is a picture of Cindy from uh, Cindy, yeah, yeah, from the the spinning boxes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh. This year was featured in a Travel Channel special called "The Art of the Scare," but the special wasn't actually aired till 2003, I think. So it was like mm. well after the event, so it wasn't a marketing thing. It was like a uh, somewhere I I. I I don't know that it was 2003 of October or if it was like, you know, like March or April, just some kind of weird time of year. So it was like, it wasn't a marketing uh, uh, partnership. It was just a very, it was a special on Travel Channel. It's probably a long-term marketing thing, you know? Well, that's true. I mean, it was marketing, but it wasn't specifically targeted at 2002. Right. They weren't, they weren't marketing 2002. They were just marketing the event as a whole. Yep. Uh, there was a new ticket option for this year. Frequent fear. This is where they started selling multi-night admissions and something I should have considered back then. And if mm. you thought $50 was cheap, there was also up to $20 off with specially marked Coke cans and bottles right. and labels. Now that usually entails like up to 20 being buying four tickets and $5 off, but still imagine getting in for even less than $50. Mm. I know it, it, it's crazy. Wow. Back then. <laughs> i know uh and last but not least spencer's gifts was still selling tickets back then they did not have their own in-house ticketing system they I think they were still using a version of uh or an off a branch off of Ticketmaster, if i'm not mistaken because the tickets i have from 2000 say Ticketmaster. master you have no idea how much i hate that name i do oh i do <laughs> because i hate them just as much because my yeah, my NHL season tickets are through Ticket Bastard, and <laughs> I fucking, oh, their website is just terrible. But that is finally it. That is all I got on 2002. One of the many, many highlights of things that I've come to like in later years. I, mean, I don't mean to say I didn't like them this year, but Caretaker will be expanded upon later. Uh, Scream House will be expanded upon later. That's about all it's jumping out at me. I'm sure there's some uh, the the foam does make another appearance, but not as not as prevalent as it did in tweaks and <laughs> so, tweaks and foods. As a, as a quick wrap up, we had five mazes, we had five and uh, uh, piece of shit scare zones. Um, we no, have five scare zones and one piece of shit scare zone. Let's be. Just, <laughs> I said. Five, oh, you did. Oh, okay. Must have must have glitched out on and, Skype. Yeah, five and a piece of shit. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. All right. Um, we had, we had a bunch of shows or a bunch of pseudo shows, which was one, two, three, four, if you're counting studio 66. Yep. Um, and so it was, it was a fairly packed event, even in, you know, the smaller venue, uh, looked like a ton of fun. Um, the event map again was a, a low point, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Well, I think wrapping up, it was, it sounded like a really, really fun event and it really did start launching them back into the main, you know, their mainstream scare stuff after the unfortunate events of the year previous. Yep. Yes. Yeah, it did. It was, it was the, the, the 
you're right. It was a return to form year, and then uh, we they just keep going from there. I mean, 13's got well, we'll get into it, but we get a new icon again. We get some. We really actually, I'm looking ahead of the list. We get some serious. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we get some big houses this year. So we'll, we'll we'll get into that when we get to that year. So actually, I guess we're ready to wrap up. Yep. Um, so I will say, of course, thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Quentin Karen, for joining me for this. It was a lot of fun getting back into the year coverage. I really kind of forgot how much fun it was <laughs> to go through this and get, get the reactions of people that have not experienced anything that, that are going into this cold and hearing about it for the first time. So this is... This has always been fun. So thank you again for that. So for everybody listening, all our contact information, we want to hear anything you have to say about this year or years prior or what you want to add to upcoming years that we'll be covering through our Facebook page, through Twitter, through our email. It's all coming up in the credits that are following my voice right now. So with that, I will say once again, thank you for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.